Hey, aloha everybody, this is Jeff Rambo. We're taking your questions. I'm here with Mike McQuaid, and we're here to hear your takes, your rants, your thoughts about your football team, the National Football League, and football in general. Here, sponsored by 888 Sport, the official gambling partner of the National Football League in both Ireland and the UK. Michael, what do we got for questions today? First off, how you doing? You good? You feeling funky fresh, Jeff? I don't know if I say funky fresh. I got to get some coffee in me this morning before I feel funky fresh, but I'm feeling good. I'm going to use my playoffs. Here, can you imagine? We went through a whole Monday slash Tuesday review without saying it's Lunes. I'm so proud of myself. It's, it's, uh, did you, it's did, did you lose that guy somewhere along the way? Or no, I just, I, I completely forgot about him. So I'm devastated because we, we, we had a good thing going each week. I want to selfishly start, Jeff, because I seen you tweet about this. I'm going to go in first here. And we've got a load of questions. Thank you, everyone, for getting your questions in. And uh, sorry, we're not live this week. We will be back live. For the rest of the season after this week, just I'm whipped and I have to take my wife on holiday. So I'm saying that because she went to go buy coffee. So thank you for her. Uh, Jeff, you, you, you put a tweet out about throwback uniforms. And the Seahawks especially, I think you had the one that was a tighter locket running out. For you, as someone that's watched the game and coaching the game for a considerable amount of time, what do you think is the most classic uniform or classic throwback that the NFL has? Okay, I, I, think, I think it really comes, I mean, they're all beautiful. Right. And the thing about the throwbacks that and where it's such a tremendous thing, I think personally, is when you see those jerseys, it takes you back to those teams and those players. And, you know, when I saw the when I saw the Tennessee Titans in their old Houston Oiler uniforms and I could see, you know, Warren Moon. Right. And you could see. You know, Alonzo Highsmith, and you could see, you know, all those great Love You Blue Earl Campbell teams, and all, you know, I mean, I, I, Dan Pastorini, and on and on and on and on and on. And then the same thing was true with the Seahawks, you know, when you saw those old Seahawk uniforms, Chuck Knox and Ground Chuck, the offense, and, you know, Steve Largent, and, you know, it just, it was just all really, really, really nostalgic and really cool i think and actually i think a lot of those uniforms maybe the best football uniform of all time all time right is the tampa bay old tampa bay uniforms everybody calls oh, them, right okay everybody calls them the creamsicles i'm not i, I think that doesn't does them a disservice i'm not going to call them the creamsicles but those old tampa bay uniforms with billy buck on the helmet and you know you think about Ricky Bell and they were the worst team in football. I think they went two seasons without winning a game and then came back and Doug Williams and, you know, Steve Young and, you know, all the, like people don't associate at all. Like most of the young fans may even know who Steve Young is as a hall of fame quarterback, but they don't know. He started his NFL career with the Tampa Bay Bucks and was a bust, a bust, Mike, a bust. And then went to San Francisco, backed up Joe Montana, and then became a legend. So, you know, there's so many stories in those uniforms. So when you see those old uniforms, you know, it really makes me, it really takes me back to those days. And you talked about the other day, you like those newfangled, you know, Indiana Knights or whatever the freaking, that was the Indiana worst. Indiana Knights. I know, look, I like them. The I, they're also not throwback. The worst uniform in history, right? Because... When you put on the Colts, right, from the Burt Jones era, when they wore their white uniforms, they're just their 
white on whites, beautiful, beautiful. Indiana Knights, awful. <laughs> oh, I've missed these shots, man. Shout out to the to, to all the Colts fans on the podcast. I'll just very quickly say I don't, and you're going to go mad at me now. I don't like the Bucks. Is it the? I don't like it. I don't like the uniforms. I don't Orange like the throwbacks. Oh, those Mike, those are such classics. Such. I, classics. I don't know what I don't. I just, I just, I don't like it. I mean, maybe that's just me and my sheer ineptness. And um, I, I want to give a quick shout out before we continue. We've got loads of questions. I want to give a quick shout out to the UK and Irish Jets who had their first ever watch party in Dublin last night or on Sunday All night. All right. All right. It looked unreal, Jeff. It looked like a really, really good crack. Pity about the game. Not, obviously, not, not for them, because I'd say they'd be happy enough after the game. But um, just great to see continued meetups happen across the UK and Ireland. So shout out to them. Let's go first off. Let's go with Richard Garland. Um, who's I think he's from Ireland. Yeah, he is. Can the Saints contend in the NFC if the offense clicks like it did on Sunday, along with the good defense that they already have, Jeff? I just don't have faith in Dennis Allen when it counts. I mean, the defense was leading the league in penalty yards, I think, going into yesterday. Yeah, you know, they, their, their defense is, I think, very good. Now, they take too many penalties, like you said, but I think at one point, very very recently, they were the fourth-ranked defense in the National Football League. They've got they've got good football players on that defensive side of the ball. What I thought, and I, and I hear what he's saying, the, the issue for a lot of Saints fans was, you know, they started to you – know, Carr has this reputation of being checked down Charlie. I mean, he won't throw the ball down the field. He dumps it off to the back too much. Well, think, think about this now. Think about this. Who's the back he's dumping it off to? That's a pretty good football player. Alvin Kamara. Yeah. And so I don't think it's a bad thing to put the ball in a good player's hands, right? Now, what you did see yesterday was he can push the ball down the field, and they can give – get some vertical plays in the passing game. And that offense did look like it was, it had gotten a spark. And, you know, again, I, I, I wish, I wish sometimes that people understood how difficult it is to just go from a system that you've, you know, been in almost your entire career. Then you go to a new system, like he had to go through with, uh, Josh McDaniels, right? He'd been a West Coast guy his whole career. Then, he, then Josh McDaniels comes in with his version of offense. Now he goes to the Saints for a whole – Pete Carmichael's version is a whole different thing. The terminology is different. The steps are different. The reads are different. The timing's different. That, that doesn't – I mean, especially when – you know, you don't get no contact in training camp. You get no contact on the field, right? And then all of a sudden, you're in a, you're in a live football situation. You know, continuity on offense is hard to get, and so it takes time. And I think what we're seeing now is the Saints start to come out of that period of, you know, where they're just kind of not quite in sync. And if they can play like they played yesterday, I think they are a contender. You're a man. My man, Clive Underhill from England. At halfway in the season, who do you have as offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year? He's going to say AJ Brown, Miles Garrett. It's early, Jeff. I'm, I'm going to give my best Jeff Reinbold impression. It's early. Everything changes every week. What, what do you think? Oh, I think I think Miles Garrett certainly 
you look at what he's been able to do. He, he has turned into a true game record. And um, now he's just now, I think, getting the notoriety he deserves. T.J. Watt's having a fantastic year. Um, you know, there's a bunch of guys that are playing extremely well. Um, but, you know, I think that it, you, when you look at those awards, those awards are splash awards, right? So if you're going to if you're going to get that award on defense, like Fred Warner is a great football player. you got to go a long way to find a better football player than him. Well, he's not going to have 18 sacks or whatever. And those are the things that, you know, you got to have splash plays to win those awards. Offensively, you know, I would have said, obviously, Mahomes would be one of those guys you'll talk about. You know, if Burrow can continue at the pace, if he plays like he played yesterday, he'll be in that conversation. Obviously, you know, Jalen Hurts will be in that conversation as long as he doesn't throw too many interceptions. I mean, it, it's just the way those things are. Tyreek Hill, to me, I mean, golly, every time you – everybody. He, I don't know what you do with him, right? Because you can't play man-to-man on him. And you say, okay, we're just going to play double zone to him. Well, they got so many ways that they can get him across the field, even though you have, quote, one on you know one on the line of scrimmage and one over the top of it. That's all good as long as he's running straight up the field. But when he starts running that, those diagonal, those long crossing routes, which he's really good at, and Tua finds him, Tua throws a beautiful deep ball. You know, I, I don't know how you cover the guy. Really, I, I seriously don't. He's inevitable. I, I think that's the best way to say it. Like he sort of, I think it's sort of him and AJ Brown, right? the two guys where you're like, just let them score. <laughs> it's like just, just let them score. You know what? It, 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 that's what's so tough on fans, right? And and you know the the Chiefs fans. You were talking in the other show about the Chiefs fans going viral on on. Uh, social media about we got to get a receiver we got no receiver da, 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 da. well it's really difficult when you look at a guy you let go you know to another team is tearing up the league the same thing's true think about what the titans fans are thinking right now i mean aj brown compton byard right but, you know they got to be wondering what's going on i mean the those are really good football players. That That's a hell of a catch by AJ Brown. I think he's done it twice, but that first catch for the first touchdown he got, Jeff, was just stunning. In fact, I have it. You know, Jeff, look. You ever see that TV show where it's like, here's something I prepared earlier? Yeah, look. Look, I've got it right here. How yeah. he done that? And that doesn't even give it away, but he literally, like, as I pull my fat fingers on the screen, how you know he what? got that ball and brought that down was sensational. You know what? That, um, that technique right there is something that great receivers practice Emmanuel and when I when I had Emmanuel and Cole they would work every day on catching the tip of the ball with their hand like that because if you're going to make a one hand one-handed catch especially on a deeper ball where the ball has more velocity that's the way to do it like that and that's an example of great technique okay we've got a few questions your friend Flackers came in oh Actually, man I put I put the quest I put this out on Twitter. I'll bet he, I'll bet, bet Flackers is bleeding today. They, his his Forty Niners have lost three straight. He's got to be in pain. No comment. Uh, shout out to Flackers. Shout out to the Irish people as well. Uh, Niners fans very interactive. Where, wherever you are, we we definitely appreciate it. Same Jeff. I put the put the post out on social media. You seem to get more traction whenever the games aren't on. Whenever people are hurting the next morning, Flackers was saying. Can you see the Niners making a coaching change at DC 
during the bye week. There are rumours of discontent between Shanahan and Wilkes. Players are unhappy with the schemes being called. I mean, that would be crazy if that happened, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, you know... <laughs> uh, would it be crazy? Um, yeah, it'd be surprising. It wouldn't be crazy, right? You, you never know about the dynamics in the building. Um, there is a tremendous, you know, again, let's, de- let's deal with first, first, now, first of all, the personalities in coaching. Most of them, alpha males. Most of them like having their way. Most of them, you know, very stubborn, right? So personality conflicts happen all the time. There is friction. There is, let me just say it this way. Uh, very animated discussions sometimes and sometimes those can go too far and so I get it um, but I think that will be a drastic move unless there's somebody in the building that you know Shanahan feels could do a better job uh, you know here the, the r- rumors the whispers of discontent amongst the players that's always going to be there because no player is ever happy with his role no player's ever happy with, you know, there's always something they can bitch about. The reality of it is when you lose three straight, all of that stuff gets amplified and gets a voice. And if you don't curb it, it can be, it can be a problem. I think that the, the bye week will do them very, very much good. Get away from each other. Get away from the building. You know, recharge your physical batteries, recharge your emotional batteries and come back and get ready to play the second half of the season. Shout out to Flackers for that and shout out to Connor McSweeney from the Irish Faithful asking the exact same similar question. So Connor, I'm not going to ignore your question, but there's no point Jeff's answered it. Do you would you describe yourself as that, you know, alpha male? Like I, I, I would describe myself as having a strong personality. Let me put it that way. Sometimes I don't play well with others, Michael. <laughs> I'm going to go off mute and say you're the GOAT. But thank you very much. Incredible. Thank you so much. Uh, hey, look, it's, it's bad that I have a coffee before Jeff does, so we're, we'll probably move on. Shout out to my wife who's just bought me a coffee. I feel bad, Jeff. If I could transfer this to you over the computer, I would. Sorry, man. You are killing me. <laughs> killing you or killing it? <laughs> um, tip the Bengals. Ironically, it's from Tipperary. Have you, have you ever been to Tipperary before, Jeff? No, are we going there too? I don't know. I don't know. We'll probably go around it. I think we drive past it at some point. I need to sort all this out. But we're going. I can't wait. Um, should the Bengals trade for a tight end? It would be out of character, Jeff, but currently they're getting zero out of the room in regards to passing. I literally just put a thing up there now, Jeff, on, you know, I'm, I'm 32. I'm not that young. I'm not that young and hip on social media anymore. On Instagram, Joe Burrow had... 28 of 32, 87.5% completion, 283 passing yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and 134.8 passer rating against the Niners. And yet, the Bengals fans want tight ends. Should this be happy enough, or do you think they can keep going? No, I, I, I think balance, right? And and I, I think we talked about, we may have talked about this on the show last week. Let's talk about balance in your offense. Balance in your offense isn't 50-50 run and pass. Balance in your offense is when you get touches from all the positions. And tight end is a critical position. And you, when you 
when you look at what's going on in the league right now, there's some really good tight end play happening. You know, Cole Komet had 10, 10 catches and 10 targets, you know, in the Bears game Sunday. So, you know, you don't think about Cole Komet as being a highly productive receiving tight end, but you look at Laporta and you look at, you know, Kincaid and you look at all of the Dalton Schultz has, has played really well. I mean, so that position is really, really vital in a well-balanced offense. And I agree that, you know, you, if you're in Cincinnati, you, you want more from the tight end position than you're getting out of the tight end position right now in terms of receiving the football from Joe Burrow. One more question, my man. Are you ready for it? I'm, I'm ready. Uh, okay, here we go. It is from Dave. Dave is from Scotland. You better come to this meetup, Dave, in a few weeks. What would you do if you're the Vikings? Do you go aggressive, Jeff, for another quarterback or build up draft capital at the trade deadline and move up the board for a shot on a new quarterback? I think, Jeff, one of the things that might change between us recording now and this podcast going out could be, I don't know, Mike White coming in, trade, low-key. Maybe Tom Brady might come back. I don't know. But do, do you think the Niners will do anything crazy? Or sorry, do, do you think the Vikings will do anything substantial in terms of their quarterback or just sort of get through the season now? Well, I, I think I think there's going to be a couple things that will factor into all this. First of all, what's the diagnosis on Kirk Cousins long-term? What do the doctors say? Right? They'll, they'll take that into consideration. Then I'm sure they'll have discussions with Cousins' agent about what's it going to take to get him under contract again, right? He, I mean, he had a huge contract with all kinds of things, guaranteed and, you know, no trade clause and all kinds of stuff. Now he's, you know, he's damaged goods is the way I'd describe it. And so his, his bargaining power isn't as strong as it was when he negotiated that contract. So I think that contract's going to change. It may be more friendly to the Vikings, and they will, they'll say, hey, you know, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. I mean, he's a really, really good quarterback, and there aren't that many of them out there. And so if you can get him back, he's a guy you know. You, you know, again, there's a lot of reasons why. I don't think, frankly, that, you know, you talk about they'll go aggressively after a new quarterback. Who? I mean, who? I mean, that's, that's the question. That, 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 that's the thing. Like, like I, I seen a list last night. Um, there isn't really anyone that stands out. No. You can, I mean, you, you can, maybe you can bring in Teddy Bridgewater or something like that there, but, I mean, it's not going to happen. Like, there, there's no big name that you can go, like, oh, okay, you could maybe go to Tennessee and be like, can we have Malik Willis, please? Potentially. But that's not going to fix anything anytime soon. And, and I don't think Malik Willis is the kind of quarterback they want in that offense. You know, uh, uh, you, know you, you, you scratch your head for guys, right? I mean, you really do. There aren't that many of them walking around the planet. It's not like you can drive to Glasgow and pick up a couple. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. So, so certainly that's this is devastating to the Vikings. And, you know, because like I say, I think the sad, sad part about it was you could really see them starting to play better. And, you know, the Lions are not out of the woods. Like, you know what I'm saying? The Lions haven't been crowned yet. And... The Packers are struggling, and it's a it's a division where Chicago's not very good. You know they had a chance to be a wild card team. Now I don't I don't think that's going to be the case. I've got one more from Fred Flunk. 
I mean, if if, I mean, if you want to ignore Fred, you can't, Jeff. No, absolutely. Fred's a good dude, and I would not. I would <laughs> never. Enjoy, uh, no. I'm joking, Fred. I'm joking. Should Dallas trade for a quarterback or a running back? Well, you know, Dallas got a quarterback sitting on their bench right now that, uh, you know, that they need to see whether the guy can play, right? Because there were a lot of people that really liked him coming out of, you know, coming out of college, and he got drafted real high, and you know. But he hasn't had a chance. He hasn't really had an extended run, you know, and they're still figuring out who he is, right? And it's hard to do that during during the season. But, you know, that's what it is. I, I, I don't – if the Cowboys were to go after a running back, I could understand that one. Particularly, I thought Henry was a potential landing spot or Dallas was a potential landing spot for Henry because I think that would have been a nice little marriage. But, you know, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Like the – Titans have said they're not going to trade him. They're, you're on the clock, Dallas. You got 48 hours, and if you don't get it done, you know you're going to go through the second half of the season standing pat. And you know that's not all bad. I mean, Pollard—they—they're not—they've got a decent room. It's just you know they don't have that cachet, that name guy, right? But I'm not sure they need it. I mean, the Cowboys, as long as Dak's not throwing interceptions, they got a chance because that defense can play. I agree, Jeff. I agree. Can I thank you publicly for your earliness this week? Uh, really appreciate it. I, I, I know I put you under pressure. Um, publicly, how, how's your week looking? How, have you got time on Thursday? Playoffs? Playoffs? Yep, we will have. I'll have time Thursday afternoon. Um, obviously, today is a big, big day because it's game plan day. And, you know, you got to put the game plan together today and then Day one will be tomorrow, Tuesday. Day two, two Wednesday. Day three, Thursday. Day three is kind of a, you know, that's when you start to taper off. Day Friday's Friday's a walkthrough. Get on an airplane, fly to Montreal, play on Saturday, and hopefully get a chance to keep playing. Well, wish you the very, very best of luck, Jeff. And I know everyone over here will as well. Uh, thanks to everybody for getting their questions in pre-live. We'll put this out on Monday night live as well. Monday night! And um uh, for people in the podcast, enjoy your Tuesday, Jeff. Thank you so much. Do you want to see us out before you get a little? Yes, I yes I do, and I want to say thank you. Eight 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 Sport, the official sponsor of the Jeff Reinbold Show and the official gambling partner of the National Football League in both Ireland and the UK, and additionally, sponsor of our tour, which is coming up. So if you haven't, get yourself a ticket to come talk ball with us it's going to be a lot of fun an interactive evening of football and you know, hopefully chance for us to do something good for the football community in your town so aloha and thank you very much